following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go, Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, December 22nd, 2021, season 17, episode number 84. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Uh, we've got about 45 minutes of talk here that we'll have with you guys. We're going to slide back one of our later shows so we have some time to get in with you guys. McCarthy took a little long there, but uh, we'll take some time here. We'll get some uh, some good talk on the Cowboys getting ready for Cowboys versus Washington football team. How's everybody doing today? Great. Awesome. Awesome. Let's jump right in. Amber, you good? <laughs> yeah, I'm great. Awesome. Okay, good. Uh, let's first get some some updates. Uh, one coach is on the COVID protocol. Dave, what do we know? Actually, two are. Two, I'm sorry. Yes. Matt Daniels on yes. Monday and uh, Aden Dirty yesterday, defensive line coach. Everybody's favorite because <laughs> shout out Alex Lilly with the <laughs> italicized captions from sounds from the sideline. Uh, so they're both in the protocol. Oso Digizua is back. Tristan Hill is not. Mm. Um, I think that's the extent of it. And uh, I guess for did they did he give any indication on Tristan? Is that an expectation that he would be back this week for this game? Or uh, the they're not. There? They're not ruling him back out of coming back this week. But just wait and see. Just I guess uh, Oso. I, they're going to be careful with him and just not throw him right back into practice. But like he's he's available to to work today. So all right, let's talk about injuries. Uh, there are two guys I want to get some catch up on. What are we doing? What do we know about Blake Jarwin at this point? He's not off the. Uh, he has not started his 21 day window just yet. But that doesn't necessarily mean that he couldn't start it, practice, and then you know play. But I don't get the sense that he's going to be back anytime soon. I wouldn't guess this week. No, I, I, Mike said something like maybe next week or the week after that is when you really start to ramp him up. I think we we said that a week or two ago is like you're thinking about him being available more so as a playoff guy than anything that happens the next three weeks, I would guess. Or maybe you try to get him ready for, for the Philly game or something like that. What are we hearing about Tyron Smith? Rehabbing today. Uh, they're going to take him through the week. My gut says they, that he doesn't play Sunday, but we'll see. Yeah. I mean, you have a 99.999% chance of winning the division. So it's it's as locked up as it's going to be without locking it up. I would think this week, you if, if he's not, he's t- probably not 99.9% uh, to play. So I would think he, he doesn't. They can win without him. I'm, I'm slow playing that. Although I did, Montez sweats back. So that. I'm kind of like, nah. yeah, but... Yeah. I thought Ty and Terrence played pretty well the other day. So. Yeah. Tag team back again. That's okay. what they're that's basically what they're doing there at left tackle. That kind of true, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh you I didn't did want me to a, sing the whole thing. Sure, if you want to. <laughs> nah. I missed I missed the singing yesterday, so if you feel inclined and want to drop a tune for Those us, two over there will probably tell you it wasn't it wasn't something worth redoing again. I looked directly at Amber because I want to get her reaction. I wouldn't buy a ticket to see that show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a nice way to put it, actually, Amber. That was very nice. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm, in, I'm I trying to improve. <laughs> I'm not going on tour, so Good. there okay. we go. Got it. Hey, I did have one 
kind of big picture question I wanted to ask you guys. And it came off of Coach McCarthy's press conference. Nick, you had mentioned it, and it was kind of interesting to me because today was a day where uh, he got pretty philosophical at moments during that press conference, talking about a lot of different things, talking about humility and and those kinds of things. Which, by the way, it, it's all leadership type stuff. It's if you if you've ever read leadership books, a lot of that comes from leadership type books. But really, where I want to focus for you guys is more. What are your thoughts on how he coaches the team from the standpoint of the way I will put it is coaching the full person? Mm -hmm. Uh, You look at how he manages their time. He talked a little bit in that press conference about the fact that you have to consider the stressors that are on players and those stressors increase as the season goes on. He even mentioned there's stress that comes with Christmas time, that comes with holidays for players. Um, Even talking about their schedule this week and how he's going to make sure his players are going to get time with their families on Christmas Eve night. On most of Christmas Day, they're only going to be here for about two hours in the afternoon. What are your thoughts on that? Because that's not, I don't think, in my time I've been in the NFL, that doesn't seem to be common for a lot of coaches. You, I mean, you know what I'm going to say. You I, go ahead. And I probably, I don't know. Are we going to talk about this coach or the one before? Both. I mean, you can talk about whoever you want to talk about. I just, again, I'm trying to figure out what your thoughts on here, on, here, the, on the different ways of coaching. He right? coaches. The, like you said, he coaches the person. I think he. I think McCarthy does a really good job of grasping everything that goes in, involved with any, and, and that's what experience will get you. Is he understand that you have to coach everything? You have to coach what they're dealing with, even if it's not something that you're dealing with. And I am not a Jason Garrett hater. Some people are. I'm not. I'll say this: he didn't have kids. He didn't have kids. His family situation was different. Now, he, he definitely knows, understands with his dad, his brothers, and all that. But it was different for him as, it po- as opposed to maybe others. And so, therefore, he, he, he demanded a little bit more out of them because his schedule was different. That's just my opinion, but I've heard that from as well. as like he doesn't always factor that stuff in. And I think a seasoned coach that's been around a long time, has family, understands that real life happens all the time, that I think, I think maybe McCarthy kind of – gets that a little bit more, and maybe you see that in his coaching. It's remarkable when you think about all of the different types of experience that Mike McCarthy has. Like, And Jason Garrett had a lot of experience in the league, too, but it was different. Like, It was mostly a player. His career was fast-tracked, and that happens for some guys. I mean, Mike, Mike Vrabel was very similar, but... He was like he was an offensive coordinator within like four years of yeah. starting to coach, mm-hmm. and then it, his first head coaching job was the Dallas Cowboys. Mike McCarthy's been like quality control on a college staff. Mm-hmm. He he talks about it's obvious the impact Marty Schottenheimer had on him. He talks about being kind of a grunt on his old staffs in Kansas City. He was an offensive coordinator for some good teams in New Orleans and for some bad teams. Gets, then he gets to be a first-time head coach, and like all of the stuff that you learn over the course of 15 years doing that, failed at it, and then comes back having not been here and gets to be a head coach for a second time. Not a lot of people get to do that. Um, so, I mean, that he's got the gamut from like the highs of the high to being the grunt to getting fired. And it, it just seems like it shines through. And something that really – what I really love about Mike McCarthy is like – he just sort of admits the obvious sometimes, you know, like uh, I, I struggle to come up with an example. He will he'll kick the ball because he doesn't like where the wind is instead of just being like, ah, 
this is what we want to do and ignoring outside factors or the thing that always frustrated me about Jason Garrett was the nameless faceless opponent thing like we're going to do our approach and Michael straight up be like oh I don't know like Montez sweats back for this game like that's going to completely change how we want to do things and it's very obvious but you don't get that a lot from from NFL coaches in my limited experience like yeah, Jason Garrett would never be like, like he wants his guys to celebrate Christmas and stuff. But I guarantee you, Jason Garrett would be like, "What? It's Wednesday. It's it's Wednesday in the NFL. This is what we do." And Mike's like, "Well, I'm sure this guy's got somebody at home that he needs to worry about, and this, that, and the other." It's just it's refreshing to hear him acknowledge the obvious because in my experience with the NFL, everybody just wants it to be a vacuum of like deal with that on your own time. But football, you know, yeah. and. and- no, sorry. No, I was just going to say, I don't think that that's – I know you guys are mentioning Jason because that's the most recent experience. Well, he's the only yeah. other head coach but I've ever are, covered. Right, so. but there are so many coaches, I think, in the NFL, and not just in the NFL, just coaches, period. I've, I've run across coaches that coach high school and college that kind of have their guys in this mentality where when you're playing the sport, it is like life is the sport, and you're gonna we're going to play this tournament on Christmas Day. It's like everything just revolves around your playing of that sport – and I think it's kind of refreshing to hear a coach uh, that actually thinks about the full person and knowing that the full person needs more than just the sport to even optimally play the sport at its at its highest level. I think you have to a lot for that, and you have to put people in their best mental space to be able to do that, and that includes all the things that are not a part of the sport. And there's something to be said at the professional level for just being like, I trust you to handle what you need to handle, and I'm going to give you the flexibility to – do all of that and trust that you're going to get your work done. And I think he's a much more grounded guy when you're looking at comparing it to Jason Garrett and and like Dave, that's the best person we can compare it to because that's who has been here and that's who we know. But to me, another thing, and I'm not a Jason Garrett hater either, but, and although he's giving great speeches you know, we all know Jason Garrett has that like uh, robotic kind of personality, and, and it, McCarthy is just you just feel it more relatable. Like you can relate to him more. And although McCarthy will give you one of those smiles too here and there, like what do you call that, Jason Garrett? The hate smile. smile? Hate smile? Oh, <laughs> the, I mean, pierce right through bit, you. Just a, a tiny version of it sometimes, but I, I think that he's just. Um, he can connect with you a lot better. And I think he's done a great job with the players here. And you can see it the way that the team has kind of become. So I'm all for it. Initially, past year, I'll be like, what are they doing? This is this is what you get paid to do, blah, blah, blah. I mean, we get to cover yeah. holidays and all that stuff and work on holidays and all that. And it, it's what it's all about. But at the same time, it's, it is very refreshing to see that kind of approach happening. My th- we're going to call Mike's thing the GD chuckle because, like, when Mike's ready mm-hmm. – he did it today. Like, when Mike's ready for you to stop talking, like, he laughs and usually <laughs> curses under his breath. He's like, <laughs> we're still doing this, huh? Cool. <laughs> I love it. It's my favorite thing. The media – like, this group of, of media is, like, obviously, you know, frustrated with the lack of access that they get. Who wouldn't be? Yeah. COVID and has so, changed things. And so sure. it's just like – they're gonna they're gonna ring out this whole towel to get every drip of water. I mean, like if they get a press conference with with Mike McCarthy, they're gonna ask about. Uh, so in fifth grade, 
you play. You know, what I mean, like they're gonna ask everything because that's what they got. They're gonna they're using it. It's all they really get. It's all yeah. you have yeah. at this point. That's so. a good point. I don't know. Maybe I'm a bad reporter, but Mike does these four. He does these three days a week, and on average, they last for about 15 minutes. And that, like. Once I look down in my recorder and we're hitting north of like seventeen, eighteen, I'm just like, guys, come on, he'll Ask be tomorrow. He'll be here tomorrow too. <laughs> right. Uh, and today's was twenty five. Yeah, hey, I thought it was close to thirty. I uh, was like, yeah, this is this is going a little long. Like, I get it. You're dogged. You're doing your job, and you're good at it. But please let me get out of here. <laughs> Darn please. it, you're good at it. Yeah. What happens if you just walk out? I think Mike would probably laugh and be like, well, Can I come with you? he's had enough. There's, <laughs> there's one guy that, that gets it. Oh, yeah. Oh, Mike loves – Mike. I, he, do, he does a show for us. I'll talk about him. Mike yeah. loves Clarence Hill because yeah. Clarence will let it be very known that he's over. He's done. It happened today. Mike was like, yeah, I'm with you, man. Let's get the hell it out of here. It happens on the media mesh. It happens on everything. Clarence is the king. Like, What's he up? King what, what are we talking of, about? He is the king of I'm listening to you, but I'm not really listening to you. I'm looking over here doing something else while well, I'm no, kind of listening There's to that, but like today it got to a point where Clarence was basically like, Jesus, like, can we please go? <laughs> he's the question police too. Oh, for sure. He's like, what, what, what are we talking about? Nobody's, nobody's <laughs> ever asked. look his face like, what yeah. are you doing? What nobody's you ever doing? asked a good question question in his eyes. <laughs> sure. If you would have walked out, though, I'm sure you'd gotten the disapproval daddy look from Todd, like, where yes. are you going? Helen? Oh, God. What, where are you going? We what could do doing? a whole show on the dynamics of that room. <laughs> so much fun. Should be a reality show. Okay, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to be joined by Bucky Brooks of NFL Network. We're going to talk about this Washington offense versus the Dallas defense. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. At AT&T, everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why? Because you deserve it. For turning your living room into your office and your gym. For teaching grandma how to video call and teaching her again. It's the button on your left, Nana. Okay, your other left. It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new. So AT&T has given everyone new and existing customers our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone, even the latest ones. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network is busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with... And I'm Jay Novacek. And we're both with... United Ag and Turf. Turf. The official tractor provider of the Dallas Cowboys. So, if you need a tractor to bale some hay, a mower to cut some grass, or a gator to get some chores done... Get a John Deere at United Ag and Turf. And then, let's get to work. Hey, Jay, that's my line. (laughs) Well, not today. Get to work with a John Deere tractor package that's just right for you and your budget. Visit UnitedAgandTurf.com. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. You deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. And a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. Back to the break. 
Head to AT&T Stadium Saturday, January the 1st to experience Rally Day presented by SeatGeek. Get ready to cheer on your Dallas Cowboys with tours of AT&T Stadium, appearances of the Cowboys cheerleaders, alumni, ticket giveaways, and more. Rally Day. Get excited for the game. Visit attstadium.com slash rallydays for tickets. Welcome back. Second segment of the Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. This is our next to last show of the week before we head off for a little bit of uh a little bit of Christmas cheer on uh, Saturday, uh, but let's let's get into some talk with Bucky Brooks. We got Bucky Brooks joining us of NFL Network. We're going to talk Washington offense versus Dallas defense. Here's where I want to start, Bucky. The uh, Dallas defense held Washington scoreless in the first half uh, a couple weeks ago and only allowed two touchdowns in the second half. If you were Washington's offensive coordinator, uh, what would you do differently in this game to give you a better chance of finding some success against this Dallas defense? Man, that's tough because it depends on who's playing. Yeah. Uh, Gilbert, if Gilbert is playing, you're still kind of limited. He gave a good effort uh, against the Eagles last night, but they're still kind of limited with what they had. They also had some injuries. Antonio Gibson went off the field for a little bit. Uh, I would say in general, the way that I would attempt to attack the Cowboys is I still need to see if the Cowboys can handle a physical running game that comes at them. Their athleticism and stuff, because they're so good going sideline to sideline and playing the pass, uh, I would have to see how they respond to someone running right at them. Uh, I know they've done well for the most part when it comes to dealing with the running game. I think you have to test them that way to see because I don't think you want to get into a match where you're trying to protect against the Marcus Lawrence, Randy Gregory, and Michael Parsons, and you don't want to throw against a team that is top of the league lead in takeaways. I think you have to test them and see if you can run at them. So whoever you have in the backfield for Washington – I think we're going to see if you can kind of muddy up the game and run, make it a physical contest. The last time the Cowboys faced Washington, I think uh, Diggs traveled with McLaurin until he got injured. Do you think Diggs' interceptions is somewhat overshadowing the fact that he's also taking on number one receivers and doing a pretty good job at that? Well, I mean, that's the flashy stuff. That's the stuff that's easy to see when you look at the stat sheet, right? You look up, you see he has 10 interceptions. You see... Um, how he's always around the ball. You kind of tend to forget that he's traveling and doing those things. And a lot of times, like, what makes him a little unique is normally cornerbacks come in two different categories, right? They're either ball hawks or they're cover guys. He's different because he can cover, but he also has ball hawk skills. Normally your ball hawks are more gambler, guesser types, guys that want to sit back and play in zone and kind of read odds. He can do all of that, but he's really grown, I think, a lot and his ability to lock up and play man-to-man and cover guys. It's hard to find guys that can do both, and right now he's one of the best in the business at yeah. being able to do it. Bucky, I don't, I, I don't know where to go with this. Like, not only did we, they just played Washington, but we don't even know who's going to be available on Sunday. So I guess just going along the lines that two of their three quarterbacks are on the COVID list, I'm just going to assume – I don't, I'm, and I don't know, but I'm just going to assume Garrett Gilbert maybe has to play again. He was clearly limited in in how much con, how much he knew of the offense last night. I thought he played pretty well, all things considered. But I guess my question is, if he does have to play again Sunday, how much more can you expect him to get with like two or three more practices, just in terms of of a game planning standpoint? Well, it's easy because what you do if you're Scott Turner, what you do is you don't try and teach him the entire playbook. You just basically teach him a handful of plays to get through the game. And so they'll build upon what they did versus the Eagles. They'll give him a little more stuff that is more Cowboy-specific. 
and you kind of go about it that way. It's too late to try and figure out, like, hey, we're going to do day one install from training camp. You just try and teach him the plays off the uh, call sheet. You try and give him enough reps where he's comfortable doing those things. You try and spin it and, and, and kind of flip it up with motions and shifts and those things to run those same plays over and over again. And you hope that they're able to ex- enough, execute well enough to walk away with a win. Bucky, uh, I mean, I'm struggling with coming up with questions here, but what would you say that it does, and this is not related to Washington, but I'm sure you've heard uh, Dak talk about kind of competing with his own defense and making bets between the two to see who does, does better. What do you think that does to the whole team as a whole and, and on, on the offensive side of the ball for them? Uh, I think a couple things that it indicates. One, it appears to me that this Cowboys team is really connected, uh, connected in terms of, like, the bond and the brotherhood stuff that you hear people talk about. It seems like they have a genuine life for one another, which is really important. Chemistry is underrated. And the fact that the offense really hasn't carried its weight the last four, five, six games, but the defense has been willing to stand up and has kind of been able to get it done speaks volumes. Now, I think the bet has been done to try and ignite the offense to try and get them going. But, I mean, let's be honest, like that offense may not get going, and it may not get going due to the fact that now the defense is playing so well. You might, McCarthy, you may tell Kellen Moore, hey, man, you might want to choke this thing down a little bit. Like, they can't score on us. There's no need for us to go and be um, towing the line of aggressiveness, trying to put up points when we don't really need to. So, like, let's just kind of coast and put the, the boat at the dock and kind of get it done. And so we'll see if the defense continues to play at this level, but it may end up being a shift in mindset that we didn't anticipate heading into the year because we always thought it was going to be the offense and maybe the defense can get a stop or two. But now it's the defense that's kind of doing their deal and the offense you're trying to say, hey, man, just don't mess it up. Yeah, on that question, I was actually going to ask you about this, but it seemed to me like last week maybe that was kind of part of their thought process because there were some moments in that game where they were uncharacteristically uh, a little more conservative than they've been. Do you think this defense is good enough uh, for Dallas to lean on it going into the playoffs and make them as competitive as a playoff-caliber team? Is this defense that good to be able to give them that shot and give them the best shot to be able to win in the playoffs? Yeah. The defense is good enough. And the reason why the defense is good enough is because they're at the top of the charts with turnovers. Uh, it's the number one deciding factor in who wins and loses games. And if you look at the teams that typically go deep in the postseason, they're the teams that are at the top of the charts when it comes to takeaways and turnover differential. And so if you're Mike McCarthy, look, it's one thing to do it for a couple of games. It's another thing to do it for a season. You now have a realization like, hey, man, we're really good on defense. I mean, we're turning the ball over at an alarming rate. We're, we're, we're setting up our offense with great opportunities. Hey, Kellen, maybe we don't need to be um, as aggressive on offense, particularly Amen. against these teams that we're playing. Maybe we don't need to go uh, hard against the Washington football team or the, or the Eagles or the Giants because they can't score. So let's just win the game and not worry about what it looks like from a stylistic standpoint. All right. We appreciate you joining us, Bucky. We'll be back with you tomorrow. We'll talk some more about this Washington defense versus the Cowboys offense, a better part of their union, their uh, their team, obviously. We'll take our final break, come back. We'll get some more co- talk on this Cowboys defense. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? 
Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. At AT&T, everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why? Because you deserve it. For turning your living room into your office and your gym. For teaching grandma how to video call and teaching her again. It's the button on your left, Nana. Okay, your other left. It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new. So AT&T has given everyone new and existing customers our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone, even the latest ones. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network's busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with... And I'm Jay Novacek. And we're both with... United, United Ag, Ag and Turf. Turf. The official tractor provider of the Dallas Cowboys. So, if you need a tractor to bale some hay, a mower to cut some grass, or a gator to get some chores done... Get a John Deere at United Ag and Turf. And then, let's get to work. Hey, Jay, that's my line. <laughs> well, not today. Get to work with a John Deere tractor package that's just right for you and your budget. Visit UnitedAgandTurf.com. Before the was a draft you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors the crease in his hat the bend of his brim and his unbending attitude a man stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him it projected a rugged unstoppable spirit stetson hats are still american made with pride right here in texas they're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys and stetson is proud to be on the field with america's team find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com cowboys Back to the break. Cowboy fans, visit your local pro shop for last-minute gifts for your favorite team. The pro shop has more Cowboys gear than anyone in the game. Visit your local Dallas Cowboys pro shop and spend your holiday with the star. That's a read right there. Is it? Yes. All right. In-N-Out Burger. Welcome back. Second, second, uh, I'm sorry, final, final segment of the break. Live from SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Dave like the uh, LSU sweater there. Thanks. It's tacky Christmas sweater yeah, day like for it. the Cowboys beat. I was oh, gonna, is it? For was, the whole beat? I was going to wear a Santa Claus hat, but the damn press conference ran for a half hour, so I had to run straight down here. Maybe tomorrow. Oh, you're going to wear it for the show. You yeah, have yeah. it at your desk. Yeah. You didn't want to wear it into the uh, McCarthy press not conference. Tomorrow. Didn't work? Maybe didn't. tomorrow. Yeah, okay. What would you do if, if McCarthy just showed up with a Santa hat on. I would. <laughs> I would love. It. It. I would love it a lot. I would absolutely love it. It I would, would probably laugh. go viral. He, it, it would go definitely viral. Definitely would go I viral. Would, I would clip the video out myself. <laughs> that reminds me. That reminds me of one of my favorite videos we've ever done is when we did that the video about five comments. years ago with Jason Garrett and yeah. those little kids. Oh, oh my actually, god! It, oh. Shouts, out, work. shouts out really Kent nice, Garrison. Really nice stuff. That goat. was amazing. You yeah. could do that every year with just answers. I mean, basically, was asking like you know editing. Old answers to questions, you know, and it was just like, Jason, what's your what's your favorite reindeer? And then they'd fl- you know, he'd be like, well, you know, there's there's a lot of them. I don't like to compare, you know, I, I don't like to compare. Uh, They've different- been doing this for a long time. Yeah, they're, they're really, really, they're good. really good at it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and it's like, some, what do you think about Rudolph? You're like, he's a great leader. He's got a nose for the ball. You know, it's just stuff like that. I was like, it was, it was like, really excellent. Stuff. All right, um, we got this final segment. I want to talk a little bit about the defense. Let's zoom in a little bit on the defense. There was uh, I was looking at some statistical categories, uh, particular to defenses around the NFL, and there were a couple categories where – now, first of all, let me say, Cowboys are up in the top ten in probably almost every category. There were a couple, though, that I noticed where they weren't ranked so high, 
And one of them, they really were ranked actually kind of poorly. And I wanted to get your opinions on it because I had kind of noticed it a little bit, but it didn't seem to be a huge deal. But I wanted to see how you guys thought about it. Right now, the Cowboys are 30th in the yards after catch that they allow. Uh, they've allowed 1,947 yards after catch. That's next to next to last, right, in the NFL. Uh, also, they're mixed, missed tackles. They are 23rd in the league with 96 missed tackles. All of that pointing to the fact that their, ta- their tackling is probably, if you're going to look for a weakness, has been the weakness of this defense. My question for you is, has that been noticeable to you? Is that something that you've noticed, and how big of a problem do you think it is? The run after catch absolutely has. I mean, that's that's been a problem all year, is the explosives that they allow. And honestly, I think those two things probably go hand in hand. I think they're... Real quick, explain, the, when you say the explosives, are you saying that those are short passes that are being well, taken? Because the these, it seems like a lot of those are downfield They're plays. both. I mean, okay. yeah, they are both. But that has been a thing. Catch and run has been a thing for them all Got year, it. and that leads to a lot of explosives. Um, I think those two things go hand in hand because they're an aggressive defense. They're trying to get after the quarterback. Or, you know, you over-pursue the play and leave the quarterback time to find a guy that that just doesn't have to do anything because he's so open because the play lasted for seven, eight seconds. So I think those are byproducts of being aggressive, of trying to get takeaways. Um, I don't think it's burned them, you know. Um, trying to think. I mean, shoot. <laughs> The last time they even played a game that felt like it was in doubt in the final minutes would have been Vegas, I guess. And there's about seventy yards of yak in that game, for, yep. in that one play, yeah. a pass over the middle to yeah. Deshaun Jackson. I mean, do you, do you not to not to bash them because they've been playing so well, but like Deshaun Jackson has been borderline worthless since he got to Vegas, other than single-handedly swinging that game. And so that's something that they saw in the secondary, I guess, between communication and just the way Anthony Brown played that situation. They should Um, sign him in the (laughs) offseason. Just so he can't play against them? Just so he doesn't play against them. Yeah, right. Just sit him on your bench. You don't have to play. Yeah. Yeah. He is is that kind of kryptonite for the Cowboys. What are your thoughts on that, Nick? I, I don't notice it as a huge problem. I mean, last year we think back to all these deep balls that were going against them. That's the one way, obviously, to... You know, it's their style to keep it in front of you. Don't get beat over the top. That's going to be a touchdown every time. So I think when you play that way, you are going to give up catches and then yards and stuff like that. So I'm not saying it's a, it's a meaningless stat because if the missed tackles are there, then that's, that's a bad stat. But I do think their style kind of opens up for a lot of yards after catch. And you'll take the turnovers that they're getting if you have to also take this with it, yeah. right? Uh, no, and that's I'm I'm fine with it. And even I go half and half because another one that comes to mind, and it happened right in front of me, the Saints' final garbage oh, yeah. time touchdown was atrocious defense. I mean, mm-hmm. Deontay Harris probably he caught that ball what like 12, 15 yards downfield, and yeah, nobody he slipped like one tackle and nobody touched him, and so. And that's happened a few times this year. It hap- uh, Carolina had a couple going way, way back. Uh, I think uh, DJ Moore and some other guy whose name I forgot, whose name starts with like Z, both had big catch and runs. Um, but we've seen enough of a sample size where I'm like, okay, if this is a byproduct of what you're doing, I'll take it. Yep. Ever. That's what I was going to say. Like, that's, that's neat peeking there. And. I'll take it every day. I don't have a problem with it, especially when the end result is what it is. And see that 
I'm actually not that hard to impress. Like it's mm. it's it's not that hard. Like okay. I don't have a problem with so, it. So like they're a they're a top five defense in the league. They've got more takeaways than they've had in a decade. I mean that's it's, it's that's kinda hard to do based on what we've seen here over the last and, ten years. Yeah, I mean I also think so, but but real quick, that's like you you can't be perfect. There's mm-hmm. no such thing as perfection. So the fact that they're doing that, but still doing everything else that they're doing, I'll take that every day, every game of the week. So well, when have, you get so much pressure, like they're getting, they're getting a ton of pressure. Well, I'm going there next, but yeah, you, go ahead. You got to get the ball out quick. Yeah. You get oh, the yeah. ball out quick, screens, bubble screens, quick passes, and that, and so that's gonna get you know yards after catch and all that. I, I and, and then the Cowboys are doing a great job of not not of getting the ball out like forcing fumbles. I mean they're. They've been done that, you know, in these last three or four games. It, it hasn't just been interceptions. It's been knocking the ball out. Most of the last month, these these last three games, almost from halftime on, not so much the Saints game, but but in the fourth quarter of that game, you're you're not playing your regular defense. I mean, that's garbage time stuff where you're like, let's just stay in a shell and not give up any crazy plays. I mean, what, Jake, Jake Fromm? goes in in garbage time of this last game. I mean, did is did he really drive them from their own 7 to the Dallas 9 because he's the truth or because Dallas was like, let's just get the hell out of here. Mm-hmm. It got down there to the and end. And they though. didn't give up the touchdown though, yeah. but that's I mean, that's 84 yards of offense that the Cowboys were basically content to give up before they finally buckled right. down. Yeah. This might be a dumb question, but you guys know that I haven't followed the NFL for a really long time or anything, so I, I'm not sure. But when you have seen a team that has a similar defense, like the Cowboys, that is that has played the way they kind of have in as far as like takeaways and things like that, and they've been able to kind of keep that going week after week, does it ever like? Is there something that ever happens that it gets to a point? You know, when you talk about probability and like. The law of averages, and, yes, yeah. law of average yeah. type of stuff. Is there such thing when you look at takeaways week after week, how successful they've been, and then do you hit a wall at some point yeah. where now it just kind of disappears? Yeah. His name's Aaron Rodgers. That's what the wall. <laughs> that's what the wall has been. <laughs> True. I'd say the that's the, a good question, but it's a great question. Um, I, I mean, turnovers are such a wishy-washy stat. Like there's. There's no way to quantify how to keep them coming. Although your yeah. best your best bet to keep turnovers coming is a pass rush. A because you're either getting to the ball or you're forcing the quarterback to make bad decisions. Or like the one we saw early against the Giants, where the quarterback gets smacked while he's throwing the ball and mm-hmm. you don't know where it's going to go. So, and a pass rush can be consistent. I would say, and Nick's totally right because the best way to beat a pass rush is. To A, be confident enough to get the ball out immediately, like Tom Brady does, except Aaron Rodgers is more athletic than Tom Brady, so he can extend plays and get away from Maybe pressure not with that to toe, but yeah. You get my point though. Like Aaron <laughs> Rodgers is built to yeah. to nullify a pass rush because he knows I mean, he he's a surgeon out there, so he can get it out immediately or he can extend plays. So I guess the short answer is a very, 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 very good quarterback is the ultimate way to combat that. Let's check these out. Uh, When you talk about pressure, think about this. Cowboys right now in a quarterback knockdown per pass attempt, they are second in the league. They're tied at second in the league with 11.4% of the times that there is a pass attempt. 
quarterback gets knocked down. That's pretty impressive. Then it, going knocked further down, than that, no. okay. knocked down, okay. knocked down, not sack, knocked Got down, it. which affects the quarterback, right? Oh yeah, I um, thought you were going to say pressure, but no, knocked to the ground. Yes, and then pressures per dropback. 27.6% of the time when a quarterback drops back against this team, they are under pressure. That's sixth in the NFL. This is a pressure defense. And here's the most important and I think the key to how they play defense. The blitzes per drop back are only at 24.6%, which is 18th in the league. So they don't, they're in the bottom half of the league in the amount of time they, they send an extra guy. They're typically doing this with four. And they're still getting this level of pressure. How valuable is that when you head into a playoff situation where you're playing these quarterbacks that can dissect you anyway to give that extra person on the back end? There are like five guys on this on this defense who, if you give them a one-on-one, they're probably going to win. Right. Like Demarcus, Randy, Micah, Gallimore. I hesitate to throw Osa in there, but he's been very impressive for a rookie. I mean, that's if you give them a favorable matchup. There's just a lot of guys on this team. That will make you pay for it, and it's it's exciting. It's it's I've never seen a Dallas pass rush like this. Like even even when they and I wasn't here in 07 or even 09. Like I never it wasn't this. I never saw prime wear at least like as a up close. Like I mean, I watched the Cowboys back then, but my whole career it's been like one guy where you're like if he can just turn the corner but they're chipping him and yeah now it's like okay chip to marcus if you want to randy's one-on-one over there or i mean i know i'm sorry i I know we thought he was a good player but i've been i'm so impressed by neville gallimore Mm -hmm. second year player he came on last year but like you're not putting him in the pro bowl he misses this entire season basically and you're kind of like, okay, how good is he really going to be immediately? And like, just watch the games. I mean, he's blowing people up from the get. He's he's got a sack and a half as a D tackle after two games. He could finish with as many as like four, which for a lot of D tackles is a great season. Right. I think the most underrated part of the Cowboys' defense has been their interior rush. Uh, we see it all from the outside. We see Gregory and of course Parsons, but Parsons rushes from the middle yep. too. But I think the fact that Odigizua. Even Tristan Hill, I mean, he's when he's out there and healthy. I mean, he he's a he's a problem for those he's guards. Well. I mean, he gets up the field. I think that interior pass rush has been underrated because it helps. You can't step up in the pocket because the pocket is in your face. Mm-hmm. And that sack by uh, D Law, or it wasn't a sack. It was a it was a hit and an interception by Lawrence. But I, I mean, I'm sorry, um, Jordan Lewis. But I thought just just the outside rush by Parsons. Forces you to step up. You know, they say it all the time. Step up in the pocket. Well, you can't really step up if there's a guy right in your face. And so I think the interior rush gets overlooked naturally, but it's been really big. That's helped this whole thing. And DeMarcus has been shifting inside a lot. That's, in that came against a guard. I think it was Hernandez that he bullied on that interception. And did we talk about I think we said this yesterday. I just, I would love to see a rematch with the Bucks. Yeah. With the way that this pass rush is operating right now. It's it's fun. It's really yeah. fun. It's just cool to see how much they complement each other, like player wise. And when you talk about oh, is there a weak link? Yeah, there are players that are, are not as great as the other one, but the fact that they are complementing each other, it just balances it all out. So it's just it's great when you get something like that working really well, as opposed to the O line for the Cowboys. That we need that there too. Yeah. 
It's interesting. I, I just want to see how much, you know, you talk about Tampa Bay, that matchup. There are lots of teams in the playoffs that I think when you get to playoff football, the ability to rush with four uh, and the, the ability to keep seven back. And when you've got guys like they have on the back end who are athletic, who can cover ground quickly, who yeah. are ball hawks, it does create some interesting matchups. And I think that's what's going to help Dallas when you start talking about matchups against teams like Tampa, against Green right. Bay, against Arizona, all those teams that have a lot of guys that can run around back there. Some really great O-lines on those teams, too, though. That's, I mean, makes it it's fun well, to think about. At yeah. the end of the year, we, we put together some highlight package that says, here's all the interceptions. This isn't Larry Brown picking off Neil O'Donnell in the Super Bowl where they're just bad throw. I mean, there's been a couple of those. Mm -hmm. Some of the best catches of the season have come from that side of the ball. Yeah. I mean, Jordan Lewis and Anthony Brown tipping the ball up in the air, and J. Ron Curse has had some. I mean, Diggs, of course, Diggs, his, his interceptions have been phenomenal. But the, Gregory, these, that one play, Craig, him keeping that, his eye yeah, on the that's ball. Amazing, like, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah, I mean, incredible. you. this is probably, I mean, this is a lot of interceptions. But these are the best catches from the defensive side that I've seen ever, you know, covering the Cowboys. I mean, the, we, we joke all the time, well, that's why you play defense. Now, these guys have made some great, great catches yeah. over there. And it's not just Diggs. It's Lewis, Brown, Gregory, uh, um, Curse. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm probably missing some. KZ, KZ had one against mm -hmm. the Chargers that ball was going 100 miles an hour. And he just, like, caught it with his face. But, I mean, that was a huge <laughs> play in the game. Yep. So... I mean, it makes me wonder, like, how are these coaches? Like, what is Dan Quinn doing and the coaching staff? Like, how are they coaching these players? Because that's what it's so impressive. Talk about Bullhawk. It's the fact of them making the play, but then keeping awareness and finding the ball, catching it. So it's just, it's amazing because in the time that I've been here, haven't seen that whatsoever. So it's. And, that's, and a lot of these guys are the same. Like, a lot of them are the same players, yeah. which I, my answer. Just spitballing would probably be confidence. Confidence. We've heard people say it. Confidence is infectious, right? Confidence in the scheme. Confidence in where they're supposed to be. Confidence that the pass rush is going to get to the quarterback and have him throw a it's the pressure a interceptable ball. Yeah, but it's I mean, the pressure that, like you said, like the pressure is leading to all of coming, this. Yeah. But you know, you know who doesn't have a pig? That pff, Parsons. I swear he needs to. He needs one. He needs to step I mean, it up. Round up his game a little bit more. Can we get some interceptions? Yeah, doing everything else. He gets an interception. Yeah, I think DPOY is kind of wrapped up. Did you guys? I I guess I I missed the sounds from the sideline against Washington because there was so much going on. Yeah. But he dropped that pick and like everybody Dang. was giving him hell. <laughs> but my favorite line was Al Harris was like, "Y'all got holes in your pockets right now. Like y'all are dropping money." I was yeah, like, it was. "It's true. It is." Like, and I like that. That's the way he's talking to him too. For a defender, like I mean, what else? Matt, like what matters more than that? Sacks and picks. That's what gets you paid. So yeah, no you're just messing with your own bag. All right, guys, we appreciate you joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. We're going to get into this Washington defense versus the Cowboys offense. That is where the matchup is. If there is a matchup in this game. We'll tell you what to expect. We'll also go ahead and give you our predictions for the weekend because it will be our final show for this week. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, and Amber Garcia, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!